What do you think of when you think of waves crashing on the shore? How about taking that image and that metaphor and turning it into a coaching model? One that will help clients navigate life's challenges. And for its creator, one that will create her own mission, launching her own boat out into that ocean of waves. What we set out to do is to bring together people from very diverse backgrounds. On each of our programmes we have social impact scholarships and they are for people who want to take the skills and use them in their communities. So we have people from very different walks of life, so some people perhaps working with refugee populations, some who are involved in global charities, some who are working with, on a much smaller scale, but working with their local communities, so reaching out to underrepresented groups um, and we want them all to have the same um, sort of life jackets as the rest of us to ride the waves of life accepting that every wave that hits will be different for us even if we're stood and being hit by the same wave it's it's very different in terms of its impact and what that means for each of us welcome to the curious coach podcast so buckle up as we travel around and explore the world of coaching. Here's your host and professional coach, Stephen Clements. In this full-length episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Sonia Shellard, a UK-based executive coach, trainer, supervisor, managing director and co-founder of Ride the Wave, a professional coach training provider with a coaching model built around the wave metaphor. And you'll hear that metaphor bubble up all the way through this wonderful conversation today. What I loved about talking with Sonia was her passion, enthusiasm, not only for the coaching profession, but also for the community, diversity and the personal connections that we make in the world. Something that feels even more important in today's current climate than ever before. So sit back, relax, and let me ask Sonia to introduce herself to you. Wonderful. Thank you, Stephen. So my name is Sonia Shellard, and I uh, live in the world of coaching, dream, dream about it, breathe it, and I've been in it for uh, some time now. My roles are executive coach, coach educator, coach trainer, and I'm managing director of a company called Vector Group, which is a learning and development consultancy, as well as being co-founder and co-director of Ride the Wave, which is a professional coach training program. Mm, fantastic. And when you say sometime, would you be willing to say more? Of course, of course. Um, so I have been in coaching now since... Um, well, officially since 2005, which is when I began my own professional training. But before that, I was an internal coach. So not in role, but in terms of my line management roles, my leadership roles, my internal consultancy roles. And funny enough, it was actually pointed out to me whilst I was in corporate life by a chief executive that I was working for at the time. And he said, oh, you've been acting like an internal coach. And it's the first time I'd ever really thought like that because I'd probably been adopting a lot of sort of coaching behaviours and skills. 
with internal training and so on. But they were quite early days in terms of coaching. So officially, um, I've been coaching now externally for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so officially for 15 years, but it sounds like the habit was developing or the skills were being developed long before then. And I'd be curious, what, what, you, what brought you onto that path in the first place, do you think? Well, Stephen, it's funny you should ask. You know, I think fear. And I tell you why. Because back in the day when I was in my early 20s and I was lucky enough to have a wonderful, wonderful first boss, and that's a gift to any of us, I think, setting out, who ha- has remained a long-standing um, friend. And she threw me in at the deep end constantly. So uh, she wanted to see if I could sink or swim in a very supported way, I may add. So although the challenge was very high, very early, she did support me. And she gave me lots of freedom and and, uh, breadth to try different uh, leadership and management approaches. So when I started out, I was given all the problems. Uh, Perhaps that's just my personality. I'm very happy with the challenge. So I had a very challenging set of people. So imagine that I was sort of 23 and I was dealing with areas of the business which had got themselves into some difficulties, but I was working with really experienced people. So I couldn't tell people what to do. I had to ask. I had to build. I had to listen. So I you know, I was never going to be an expert in any of the areas that I led. So I was lucky, I think, because right from the start, I realized that my role was very much to get innovative thought, engagement and challenge and ask the right questions in my role. So I didn't know that that was really, you know, a sort of coaching approach. I just did it by uh, survival, Stephen, I think survival. I had no competence other than I could hopefully uh, engage with and, and lead people, but I didn't have any technical competence in the area I was working in. So I think that's where it began. And then my interest, I love people. I've always been fascinated in people. Behaviour change, the psychology of people intrigues me. I also happen to be quite an extrovert. I enjoy the company of people. Um, so I think I went on then to realise that when I left corporate life back in 2005, I wanted to work with lots of different industries lots of different people really get insight into the ways that the world worked um i knew i was very ignorant of that and still am i I don't think we'll ever not have ignorance and that's the sort of i like your your word curious to remain curious to think what am i ignorant of let me find out rather than assume i know and that led me very naturally i think into take my own professional coach training in 2005 and develop it from then uh, and the, the very end bit is when we come on really to talk about, well, how did Ride the Wave begin and how was it an offshoot um, of my work at Vector Group? So that's the sort of modern day piece. But I, Stephen, hopefully that gives you a, a bit of an insight into how I fell, I think, into the world of coaching. Uh, absolutely. And it, it sounds like a, a very fortuitous falling into coaching and, and learning those skills early on in, in corporate life. And I'm curious then about the transition from, I suppose, corporate life into going out on your own, so to speak. Can you tell me more about how that transition came around? Sure, of course. So I've always been a little bit of a risk taker. Um, and uh, although I've never thought I had, but I, I think other people probably f- think I do. Um, so the risk for me was um, I set myself a task that I, I'd allow myself to become external and, and leave the 
safety net of the corporate world. As long as I earned my salary again in the first year of being um, self-employed, which was a ridiculous aim, a ridiculous aim, um, but I did. And the way I suppose I hadn't been totally irresponsible in that, I was aware and I had spent about 18 months before I left corporate life thinking about, well, what are the relationships that are key? Um, who values the work that I do? Can I leave corporate life with some pieces of work to keep the income going? So it was always portfolio for me, and it still is. So at the very beginning, I've never been 100% an executive coach. I've always been a number of things. So I've run uh, EMEA-wide uh, leadership programs, uh, management skills training, all sorts. Um, now, interestingly, that, that was my sort of leap was how could I do it? I always just knew I'd give myself a year and if I needed to go back and find um, a corporate role, of course I would. I think I'm now feral and unemployable, Stephen, uh, this long out. But um, I always knew I would have the um, responsibility and desire. Now, obviously, there in the days where it's much easier. So I'm not saying this in a, in a sort of blase or light touch way. I appreciate it's much more difficult now to have that sort of flexibility. And there were more, I think, job opportunities probably that I was comfortable knowing I could go and get then. So um, I've always had portfolio. I've always believed in having many irons in fires many clients to, to work and support, recognising that they can't always support you back at different times. So through no fault of their own, contracts can end very quickly without notice. Um, things that you think are coming to fruition simply won't. I mean, I could do a whole podcast about um, running your own business and being self-employed. That, that's a whole different area. But I think, I think that's what I did. What I, what I was led by was my heart, was that my passion has been coaching so whilst I, I enjoy all the other aspects, it's always been about people for me. Um, so then I, I took my own professional coach training very early on because I wanted to know what I didn't know. So although I had some coaching skills, I simply didn't know whether they were good enough or I wanted to also network. I wanted to be accredited so that I had that sort of stamp of quality. I believe in regulation. Um, even though we don't have it, I believe that we should self-regulate. Um, so lots of reasons. I love learning. So I, I'm always, like, go back to your word, curious. I'm always curious. I, I, I appreciate such a lot to learn. So that, that's where I sort of went. What was really interesting, Stephen, I noticed was that um, in the past when I began out, coaching was really offered off the back of perhaps a leadership program. So you'd be working with leaders, developing them in their skills, and then they'd sort of tap you on the shoulder and say look could you coach we need perhaps these two or three people specifically could you do some work with them now what coaching meant then and what it means now may be slightly different but the skills were broadly the same so that was how it was how it used to be when I became managing director of Vector Group and I started with Vector Group back in 2005 now Vector Group were one of my suppliers so I was the budget holder in a financial services organisation, Vector Group supplied me with services. And when I was leaving, I looked at all our suppliers and thought, which of these suppliers would I like to be part of? I, how do they behave? What are their values? Do I believe in them? Do I believe in the values they have? So I left and asked Vector Group, could I come and do some associate work for you? So I developed a really strong relationship with them and did associate work with them for many, many years. And then about six years ago now, 
the, man, the managing director at the time, wonderful man called Alistair Wood, who was my mentor and I know, owe an awful lot to him. He wanted to step back and enjoy the next stage of life. So I took over as managing director. And one thing I knew I could bring to a really great and very successful um, consultancy company that Vector Group was, it's been around for 25 years plus, uh, I could tell you that story again, but I wanted to bring in the coaching academy. I wanted to bring coaching as a really fundamental part of the business rather than something that we also added on. So it really became one of my big projects to make sure that we were seen as a coaching provider rather than just leadership and management development with the odd bit of coaching. So that was the sort of transition. I will tell you another story shortly about how did Rive the Wave came about because that's probably a story in itself. So Stephen, I hope that answers your question. Mm, it certainly does. And I suppose what I'm hearing is the whilst there were risks associated with going from from the internal corporate life into this new world, it was a it sounded very planned and thought through and calculated in some ways. Yes and no. So uh, yes, I think so. I think I did some sensible things. The other side was was trust, trust in myself, trust that I have always hoped that I would display in the way I work integrity and openness so that people would trust me and I trust others. So I've enjoyed and loved building relationships with many other people. So I always knew that potentially I had people to knock on and say, hey, help, how can I help you? What could I do? Um, I'll tell you a quick, interesting story. I'll give you a tiny example of this, Stephen. I remember, gosh, I could talk to you about so much of interest, but I remember when I was, um, I was made redundant whilst I was pregnant in my first, uh, having my first child, and this is back in 1996. Now, to say that every bit of legislation was broken at the time, and I'll name no names, however, I should have gone all out, because not only did I announce that I was made redundant by finding my name on a spreadsheet, I was heavily pregnant, and the alternative given to me, and I live in Manchester, was to work in Birmingham. So on many routes, you can see, Stephen, this not fair treatment of a heavily pregnant woman. And when the explanation was, well, how, why is my name on this spreadsheet? Because I was actually managing this project, by the way, uh, was, oh, well, we, we knew you'd married a rich man, so we thought you wouldn't need more. All of this, by the way, absolute nonsense. I haven't married a rich man, and it was nonsense on so many grounds. However, taught me a lot. And so, cut a long story short, that was a big blow. I mean, talk about resilience. And I was really destroyed by this in so many ways. I was such a loyal worker. And I realised, gosh, I'm glad I was made redundant because the experience of being made redundant makes you very resilient and makes you probably have a little bit healthier work-life balance in some ways because you recognise that you're utterly disposable. However, I was still loyal and I still had that contract with my, uh, psychological contract with my uh, people I work with and for. Anyway. The, uh, the ending of this story is I was getting quite desperate, really desperate. And I, I went to my first boss, the one I mentioned, wonderful woman, Linda. And I said, will you be a referee for me? I'm, I need a job. And um, my child was, uh, I could, now I had some redundancy pace, obviously. I, I was, at the time, I could put him into nursery. I'd have no money. I'd earn no money once I paid for nursery, but I, I really needed to go back to work mentally. So she said, yes, yes, what, what job are you applying for? And I said, a, um, a teaching assistant. And she went, absolutely not. She said, I won't write you a reference for that. And I was horrified. I was, was, oh my goodness, why? Why can't I do that? And she said, absolute nonsense. When do you want to start work? I said, well, now. 
um, how many hours a week do you want to do? And she just said, come back, we need you now. We're doing a, a, a merger and acquisition. You can come and do some work for us. And so I've always realized from early days that people buy people and want to work with people they trust. So I think that's my safety net now, Stephen, in that sense, in that I have developed strong two-way relationships I support people know I support them and therefore if I needed to say help me could I come and do some work for you um I, I think there'd be people who would who would use my skills so yes planned and planned and calculated in some ways but a lot of luck a lot of uh yes a lot of risk-taking and probably just an awful lot of perseverance is the answer I think mm-hmm. although I'm, I'm, I'm hearing the the relationship side coming through very clearly and strongly that the building of those relationships and then using that network and is a big part of 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 that and funny enough one of our and i'll talk more about ride the wave but one of our big values lucy mullins and i went through and we thought about what are we standing for what is this professional coach program about and one of our values is hashtag community and we believe so strongly and both of us individually and organizationally believe the way forward is that we all connect with each other and we support each other and that is why we've got a very strong informal and formal alumni there and we have a very diverse group of people there's a lot of reverse mentoring there's people from all walks of life different ethnicities different cultures different um economic backgrounds different everything you name it is different and that is because community needs to be strong together we can all bring something to the party and then we can be very strong but we can't be the same i suppose what struck me there is the word different um and from what we've talked about, uh, when we talk about different, right, the way of sounds different. So do you want to tell me a bit more about how, how that came about? I'll tell you about that on difference, just if I may. Yeah, please. As a coach, and I know many coaches will be listening, and yourself, my biggest watch out for as a coach is when I, when I actually identify with my client. Mm-hmm. And it's a big bell goes off for me because... In building relationships with others, we look for similarity. That's what we hook onto and we develop. But I love the fact, and I'm very aware when I'm working with people who I realize are so very different to me. And I can only think of that as a growth area in terms of that's wonderful. So when I get lulled, and I do, you know, as a coach, you're lulled into, I really enjoy working with this individual. Oh, you're so much in common. The screaming alarm bell goes off and think, hang on a minute. This just isn't real. This isn't real. We are not like each other. So although there may be some similarities, you might like football, I might like football, the fact we like football, maybe for totally different reasons to why we both go. Does that make sense? So Absolutely. Let's not get carried away with that. So that's why I love difference. Right. Right away. So my latest project, and I, I'm a, I love creativity and design and um, Gosh, I, I bore easily, I think, Stephen. Um, I remember that from being a very young child. I was always creating, producing and directing plays, writing plays, um, creating all sorts of fantasy worlds with anything I had. We didn't, we didn't have a lot of money as I grew up. We didn't have many things. Um, so I remember making, uh, I, had, I did have some play people. I don't even remember, the little plastic figures. And I used to 
we great big Oregon trails with them and dress them in toilet paper because that's all we had. They had like toilet paper capes and things. And I was never short of imagination. So the joy came when I met Lucy Mullins, who's my co-founder and co-director at Ride the Wave. We got put together. We were working on a different project and we started sort of aspiring and dreaming about um, a professional coach training program that we could run. We've run it, we've run those programs for other people. So we've been in coach education for many years at university level um, and at the professional accreditation level. But obviously when you're running it for other people, rightly you hold in good care um, how they want it run. So you're always limited in some way. But what we want to do is a blank sheet of paper and really aspire to delivering something very different and very innovative the things that mattered to our heart were celebrating diversity um, it's so important to me and to lucy community is our other value social impact is our other value and our fourth value Stephen, is laughter because uh, we do like to laugh and have fun uh, and we see that as a sort of glue that helps people feel accepted warm um, friendly, much easier learning if people are having fun. And we don't mean forced fun. We don't mind hideous, put your t-shirt on and <laughs> run you know, none of that awful stuff. So we got this, we decided we would do it and we set it up um, and it's all around the wave theme. That's why it's called Ride the Wave and I'll talk to you about the Waves coaching model soon. But it was all about acceptance. Acceptance that we don't have the control we think we have, that we are battered by waves, maybe small, maybe big. We don't know when they're coming. And coaching should be, and we'd love it to be, accessible to all. So I often thought, and Lucy thought, well, how can we make the difference we want to make and we thought well we can only really make it by helping other people make it because we're limited ourselves in terms of time and access and also credibility i won't have credibility to work with many groups um, of society because i won't have that sort of um, face validity so what we set out to doing was running and i'll talk to you about how covid19 has shifted us to a very big global sphere quite quickly and digital um, online place originally that wasn't uh, our starting point it was to bring together people from very diverse backgrounds on each of our programs we have social impact scholarships and they are for people who want to take the skills and use them in their communities so we have people from very different walks of life so some people perhaps working with refugee populations some who are involved in global charities some who are working with on a much smaller scale but working with their local communities so reaching out to underrepresented groups um, and we want them all to have the same um, sort of life jackets as the rest of us to ride the waves of life accepting that every wave that hits will be different for us even if we're stood and being hit by the same wave it's it's very different in terms of its impact and what that means for each of us so it is on the one hand Stephen very much you'd expect from a professional coach training program so we get people to be able to get to their executive coach level if they want to work at that level or at the coach uh, standard level so non-executive non-organizational they can choose same program we just support them throughout we've been absolutely delighted and we approach the association for coaching and they have been a wonderful support to us in helping us design it set it up so that people can get their individual professional coach accreditation but also they accredited the program so it's an ACCT and they also as I say get their professional accreditation 
at the end. We wanted it to be fully immersive and fully supportive. So it's very experiential. We provide them with all the supervision they need to get to their accreditation. We want them to have that. Very important for them in terms of self-esteem, self-confidence, validity, etc. We were the, one of the first, and possibly the first that was launched, but certainly one of the very first of the Association for Coaching that was an accelerated program, which means that um, the accreditation process was sort of short-circuited because we'd built so much into the program and started it with them. And the AC had met us to help pre-populate the application forms, things like that. Jeanette Marshall, who's Director of Accreditation, has been a wonderful, wonderful ally of ours and has worked very closely with Lucy and I to bring our dream to life. So that's a little bit about, and it matters to me. Now, interestingly, I was a member of the ICF. Um, I'm now a member of the AC. Obviously, you can be members of both, but I chose to become a member of the Association for Coaching, both for international coaching bodies. And I did that because I wanted to support and experience our students' accreditation route. So I wanted to go through it with them so that I think to be the best teacher in that sense and when it comes to accreditation that's less about coaching that's less about you know sort of teaching how to do the um the application I wanted to experience it firsthand and so I became a member so I dropped my ICF membership became a member of the AC and the reason we chose to get the program accredited by the AC was because they're incredibly easy to work with and accessible um, and they very much get what we're trying to achieve and can operate very quickly with us. So it's been wonderful. I totally believe in standards in, um, in coaching, absolutely, uh, in terms of competencies that we should all aspire to achieve and deliver. Um, I believe in supervision. I believe in CPD and all of those things. They, I think all the professional bodies hold those ethics code of conduct etc but I think the AC was just much more accessible for us and, and and quicker and we could get off the ground very quickly with them which is excellent all our students have student membership of the AC so they can access for free amazing webinars you know virtual events all sorts of things so that's a little bit about the program in terms of how it got launched and, and bits about it yeah and, and I suppose yeah, there's so many pieces in there. I want to. I'd like to pull on a bit, bit more. Um, I suppose the first one is an observation about how how relevant, and especially in today's, given what's happening in the world, you know, the the fact that it sounds like you're on a mission to with right the wave to bring coaching to everyone to to diversify it. It's not just about high high-powered executives being uh, able to afford coaching in, in a way that it's it's about bringing it to socially to to those that could actually need it by those who maybe would not have had access to it or the training um, to become coaches and I'm just struck by that the timing of that seems really relevant today uh, more so than maybe ever. Well, you know, it's really bizarre, Stephen, because I think we had, so we launched Ride the Wave um, last year so 2019 and we had all of this set up and we and you know it has obviously evolved with us and it will continue to evolve I mean good organizations evolve and good programs evolve all the time but it was very much there and then with what's happened this year in so many ways it's just been quite extraordinary so we have had such a lot of interest in the program because people a lot of us were telling us that they 
they didn't want to go and do training on programs where they weren't getting the stretch they wanted in terms of who was turning up. Now, when I started, and I have to be careful what I say, Stephen, but when I started, a man on a program was quite a luxury. You know, we sort of looked around the and there were 12 women all looked like me um i'm not very sort of diverse at all uh, just in my heart i am but you know not looking and not age and all of that and you know i'm pretty much a standard um coaching uh professional and i would look around there were many like me obviously we're all different but you know on, on facebook and there'd be the odd man of 12 you know perhaps three there and that was it you know just delighted there was some element of diversity there and you know just it, it's just not good enough we just can't let that happen so we need and we've had a lot of people who are getting very uh, rightly vocal and angry to say hang on a minute that's not who we are at heart the coaching profession is not uh, not diverse at heart i know it i, I work with wonderful coaches and, and uh, you know incredible people out there so we want to do something about it we have to force it we have to accelerate it we have to reach out and find so we we go to a lot of people and let them know about our program we ask for people to recommend who do they know who work in these these um walks of life uh, our social impact we we tap a lot of people on the shoulder and say look what you're doing is incredible these skills would really assist and help have you thought about and uh, intentionally so um and we, and we think that's incredibly important. We have had some people, bizarrely, I'll just give you one example, Stephen, who don't like that, uh, and therefore they won't be attracted to our programme, and that's fine. So, for example, on, if you remember, Blackout Tuesday, um, we showed our support just um, by blacking out for the day. Do you remember, Stephen, that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's all we did. Um, it matters to us, but it wasn't uh, a big uh, platform or piece for us. We believe in all diversity, so anything where we're trying to get equal opportunity to people we will we'll support and we had someone who was booked on to uh, leave us to uh, remove themselves from our program and say we won't work with any organization that supports um, movements such as that so that's that was quite surprising and shocking but also a learning for us to say no we're standing our ground that's that's what we are and that's what we do and therefore we will be useful in that area we can't be everything to everyone but We've got an incredibly rich program, very high caliber. So we have CEOs who, you know, who perhaps are reaching the end of their career, who want to that career and who want to begin another one. Uh, so sort of 60-year-olds sat there being reverse mentored by 21-year-olds. And it's just exceptional. We can't teach that. We're just sort of in the middle there. Um, but we, we are ex- experts at bringing people together to learn from each other, learn you know, reverse mentor, understand different people's culture, understand that some of the questions we ask, you know, just simply aren't rich enough, um, etc. So it's really quite wonderful. My belief has always been, I have to, I'd love to have gone into politics apart from the media, because I just think they, they're out to destroy. I don't think I prepared to do that. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. But um, my views are in for public policy, and, uh, and my degree was, was, um, looking at sort of um, public economics and public policy is all I want is that everyone has access to good education, good health and housing. Um, And therefore the rest of it is then really up to to what people do with it. And I love the fact that everyone has support after that, but they're really important to me. And I think coaching can help fill some of the gaps because we know that that isn't the case. And for some parts of our society, that is, is far worse than for others. And so I'd like people um, to use the coaching skills to go out and whatever stage people are in life to try and perhaps repair some of the damage that's been done. They didn't have equal opportunity, but 
you know, really to recognise that life is there for the taking with the right support. And I think coaching is a wonderful support for that. And I suppose I'm curious then as well around um, COVID. I'm assuming there's challenges, but has there also been opportunities that that's enabled for you? Oh, COVID, COVID, goodness me. So Stephen, there I was. I was at Eric de Haan Day on the 12th of March in London. And there was perhaps about 25 of us sat in, I think it's um, St. Ethelsburg, I think that's what it's, what it's called, near Liverpool Street. And um, it, was, it was a semi-beginning of a panic day. Uh, Eric himself, you could tell, was very concerned. Um, it was very hard to focus in the room. I think about a third had dropped out already and it was one of those really difficult things what you do what's the right thing to do and what isn't and I had one of our people who was coming on our program because we were starting module one on the 13th of March the Friday and she was ringing me from France she was on her way to the airport in her cab in her taxi and she said should I come because if you remember France was about a fortnight ahead of us always a little bit ahead of us so you know the wave was coming in this direction and it was the hardest decision I had to make because I had Lucy and I had my wonderful colleague, Phyllis, who's our sort of client relationship manager. She's basically our right-hand woman. She does everything. She's wonderful. Um, we had to make such a decision to think, what do we do? Do we cancel it? It's the day after. But I couldn't have the responsibility of people coming in and then being stranded over here because Macron was about to go on to their higher level, I think, on the Monday. So... I didn't know what to do. I left it, but, but I think it was her call to me. And I said, go home, turn your, get your taxi to take you home. Your money is safe. You will not lose your place. Please go home. And then I rang the others and said, we've got to cancel. And it was a horrible decision to do. Um, and it was sort of split at that time. There were half people saying, oh, you're overreacting. They didn't, not our people, but in general. And, and half people said, thank you so much. You've saved us from a weekend of worry. And, but most important for me, Stephen, was we could sit there and run it. But, how can you focus? How can you concentrate? Coaching, training, you need to be immersed. You need to give your heart, your soul, your body, your, yeah, not quite your body. That sounds awful, Stephen. But, you know, you really have to be fully immersed. Now, if we're all checking our phones on, on what's going on, it just wouldn't have worked. So we cancelled it. Bizarrely, luck was on my side, I think by making that horrendous trick decision because the building we were due to run it in actually got shut down because someone had tested positive. So all in all, it was the right decision. So that shows you on the micro level, the impact we have to then we postponed it. We, we, um, and that's fine. Everyone is going to start that program in a, in a few weeks time. We also made the decision there to what are we going to do? Are we going to, to plan for a face to face? But very early on, we thought we can't do this to people. We won't know. People have to make plans. We're going to do it digitally. So we've got the most incredibly um, engaging, interactive online program. We really didn't think it was acceptable enough to just stick your program like a video in front of you and do it to people. It needs to be very different. There's such a lot of interactivity. Uh, obviously, we're doing it on Zoom intentionally because there's breakout rooms and that's a wonderful thing in itself. But there's all sorts of things we're doing. Very excited by that because don't forget, I am a bit of a, I am a bit of a frustrated director. So this is a wonderful game for me to play in terms of Zoom interaction. So we're going to do all of that. And it, so a couple of things it also meant, it suddenly became global. 
Uh, now our intent we've always wanted to be global but you know it's sort of one step at a time and now we're doing sort of you know gosh one um marathon swim at a time i think so it's global now and we've got people coming um onto the program from islamabad for example on the next one just just as an example and um and uh, all sorts of places so we will look into doing some different time zone ones uh, later on, but at the moment, as, as long as the time zones work for them, it's accessible to all. Really excites me because it has removed all barriers in terms of accessibility in every, in every sense. We are still planning on running face-to-face, um, so we will hopefully, all being well, run, but not till May next year in London, we'll, we'll have a face-to-face offer as well. Because we know for some people, again, that is easier for them than being online for lots of reasons um and most people know where their heart is in that so we have some people who want to wait to may and do it with us in may many others saying no no i want to get going in september or january or so on the next thing we're going to look at is sort of scalability because the demand is huge and um we can't run them all ourselves so we're going to really look at saying great well how will we work it so that the quality and the experience can still be as we want it to be but we can open up the doors to inviting many more people and and have the social impact scholarships pushed out far broader far quicker than we thought without the reliance on lucy and i delivering it so we can do many many ways which is wonderful so we can um, obviously now it's digitally you've got the joy of sort of uh, recorded pre-recorded sessions we can come in and do master slots but certainly to the end of 2021 we will stay with it in terms of us d- delivering it all but then as it as it goes uh, bigger uh, and more demand comes in and at the moment we know that's that's happening just because of the exposure i think people are excited by it Stephen. i think i think they they recognize so in answer to your question what's covid done so oh goodness me i, I can tell you a lot about the downsides we know about those but upside and they and they and i'm not dismissing those it's been a terrible time for many, many people terrible time and it still is we haven't even this wave has not even crashed yet we've just had a few, a few knocked off our feet at the beginning and the ripples occurred but you know we've got many more big waves still coming we know but i think let, well okay let, let's deal with that let's take it as what it is and how can we turn it into an experience that will at least maybe help those that um perhaps haven't had the opportunities have more opportunities if they have access and can get online and i'm saying that because i know not everyone can but you know you know perhaps that's that's what people will work out to letting everyone have that sort of connectivity and what a joy community Stephen, community a global community absolutely and, and and i'm kind of struck as well in terms of with the way our world has changed certainly for the the, the next while having those skills to be able to coach digitally is really relevant and important. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So even the face-to-face is actually blended because we are doing a component on digital delivery. Because you're absolutely right, Stephen. It it isn't face-to-face. You may say, well, that's what you want to do. Well, that's great, but you can't control that. Um, and also it means you can reach out to so many more people. I've always inspired, I, when I was young, I loved reading books like, you know, sort of um, Diaries of Anne Frank and all sorts of um, the stories of the world wars and the people who assisted with the resistance and the incredibly brave people who did incredible things, not on the battlefield, they were doing other tasks, but you know, with all of the sort of people who were helping smuggle people out. And I always knew um, that, People come together to look after people. So whatever's going on in the world, I think we can't control China, America, Russia, let alone whatever the other things 
we've also got going on here. We've got a massive climate change that I think we've temporarily seem to have forgotten about. We've also got Brexit coming. We don't even know what that actually might mean for any of us. So it really is a bit of a perfect storm. But people are people are people. And they will always support and work with each other. And so if we can sort of ride the storm together, then that's very powerful. We can't do it alone. Mm, yeah, it's very... It's very powerful when you put it that way in terms of all those waves that we're that we just can't control that we, we have no control over so to make that not fearful because i'm 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 an absolute um optimist and i find it relatively easy to be positive at most times not always and like everyone i've had my moments where i phew, the wave is certainly over my head but that's why we got the wave model and what I wanted to try work with Lucy on was to bring it all together to explain what do we want people to have? How do we bring coaching skills and questions into a bit of framework? So the waves model has five stages. It's very straightforward and simple. And the first one is wait and consider. So the one thing we don't do very well is we don't wait. We don't really look your word curious. We don't get curious in what is actually happening now in a world of fake news in a world of conspiracy theory in a world of us being fed half a story quarter of a story you know you name it but hardly any story we often rush in and i bought the toilet rolls Stephen. i'm going to put my hand up and i admit i stockpiled those toilet rolls <laughs> we never use them this is a sort of micro example uh, i have i've still got hand sanitizer galore that i think i could bathe in for 10 years and i'll still be breathing you know so did we need it was it happening was that so a lovely lot of questions under wait and consider then assemble assemble your resources now assembling your resources one of those things is about your community you don't have to do things alone there are people with strengths there are people who can support so it's about gathering up what do you need assemble your resources and then it's about voyage but with determination it's not enough that's all about the sort of uh, consideration planning preparation going back to your question actually about my leap in 2005 and leaving but you then need to voyage with determination so what is going to keep you going what do you need because it's not going to be easy it's never easy you know it's a very very uh, windy road um, so how are you going to deal with the setbacks what do you need it's very personalized as all coaching is it's not a training program and then the e is about experiencing peaks and troughs and this is about as you will know the sort of emotional intelligence piece the self-awareness self-management what's going on um, and, and what's happening for you so you know what maybe the voyage with determination is keeping yourself in a really sort of strong physical psychological uh, spiritual place but then we're talking about the experiencing what's actually happening for you how are you going to do the peaks and troughs the final one is then strengthen and this is this is key we so often forgot the strengthen what can we learn what do we how will we be ready for the next wave there's always another wave it, it isn't it just isn't life doesn't stop rocking you know and you look at the planet so what can we do to strengthen? How can we learn? How can we bolster? How can we uh, sort of mend some of the equipment? If you imagine you're out on a surfboard, it's got a bit damaged, I bet. How are you going to get that mended? What do you need? What have you learned? So that when the next wave hits, you can go again. It's not a linear model. It's a bit like Kubler-Ross, if you're aware of Kubler-Ross. You can move from stage to stage. And, Stephen, guess what? You may not just have one wave. There may be some hitting you and they're at very different stages so at one stage you may be strengthening on one but another one it's just hit you so it's a wonderful coaching framework for a conversation to, to help 
help people see where they are. But again, it's positive. We're not suggesting you have to stand there being bashed by waves. It's not that. It's just acceptance that that is how it is. So what will we do? What can we do? What's next? Which I think coaching is about. No, it's, it's, it's such a lovely, uh, not only a lovely metaphor, but and also a, a, a lovely framework to, to frame everything in, which is fantastic. And what's the format of your program in terms of duration, modules, that, that type of stuff? Is it, is it different in that respect as well? So it's um, similar in some ways in terms of the components you need on a professional coaching training program. There, there are elements that all the programs need. So the first one will be about coaching fundamentals everything you'd expect. So the real skills, the richness of skills. I think what we try and do is, is deliver them in different ways. So of course we need to do things such as, and you'll be aware of this yourself, is um, skilled questioning, skilled listening. Uh, we will look at coaching models such as Grow. I've written an article recently about time for Grow to Grow. I don't think it's enough. So we, we've developed everything really into, well, what about Another one, Sense Seeking Six. Why are we doing this? Um, who will I become as a result of it? Not just about the transactional. So I suppose it's all there, but we've probably added a little bit more on each of it. Um, sort of, I suppose, um, because of all the experience we've had and, and having seen a lot of coaching. So that's that one. The second, that's two days. The second one. And that's partly because we know that we want to give people a lot of opportunity not to be stuck too long in front of a screen, give them lots of breaks and activities and do lots and then take it away and bring it back. Second one, is um, one of my favourites, Stephen, as you might imagine, is all about creativity and discovery and exploration. So it is everything, you know, uh, in terms of how can you be incredibly creative, particularly online. Um, that's all sorts of things such as the walking coaching and drawing and painting and sculpting and systemic work, uh, hopefully incorporating some music, um, all sorts of things that would mean that we can really tap in. Lots of um, coaching activities, techniques that involve... Uh, not role play, but movement, um, all sorts of different things. And how can we adapt those to online? Because that's one of the questions I'm getting asked a lot with the supervision that I run. How can I adapt to do this with people I can't see or be with? You can always do that, but we need to think it through. The third one then, which is another two days, is all about organisational coaching. And that's in the wider sense organisational, not just, say, for example, corporate or FTSE 100. It's about organisational. So you've got things as group and team coaching in there. And then we have a set, set, setting sale day, uh, which is module four, which is a whole day about helping people launch and helping people really reflect and think about um, so what? So what does all this mean for them? What support do they need? And now in terms of the wave model, uh, we bring it in right at the first stage and then we link everything onto it. So we'll talk about where we are and where all the learning might be useful. So it is a framework for the program, but it's not by any means. It's just another resource that there are many wonderful things you can do. Now, what we also have in the program, which makes it a bit unique, is we have bespoke one-to-one -one development sessions. So in addition to those, uh, so that's three lots of two day plus the one day setting sale. We also then have um, those bespoke sessions where we will give people the chance to have a, a, an assessed, that's a horrible word, I'm not going to use that word, but you know what I mean. We will watch their, um, their coaching 
they can either send it to us as one that they've done already with someone uh, or we will watch them live and then we will do some reflection with them on it and then we will give them some specific development feedback which very much links with the AC competencies so in terms of very specific to help them with their application their accreditation because they have for example in there their fitness to practice piece of work so we're helping them every bit of the way the personal coaching approach the coaching case study the fitness to practice everything we do with them will be focused around that so they're not left then to go think well how am I going to put this into a application so we work with them we model practice what we preach really and work and, and coach them through that one thing I would say we like to think of it as we coach people to become coaches we help them look we ask the right questions we're not training them because it's very rich we can offer all sorts of things but we believe that there are many ways to utilize and interpret what's out there and we want people to challenge we want people to say well this all right this has been around for a long time but is it really fit for purpose anymore great challenge it how can we develop it um so that's a little bit about the program itself and then obviously after that we have coaching supervision throughout our, our alumni can obviously stay in stay with coaching supervision with us or, or obviously look elsewhere as well they've got that full option um, we do cpd refresh your thinking days um, and we're, we're doing a, a webinar for the ac very soon on the waves coaching model we're doing that in november so we're looking forward to bringing it out we don't believe in keeping things to ourselves the model is free for everyone accessible for everyone the questions are going out to everyone there is no reason why we should keep that to ourselves we believe it's for, for all Fantastic. And it's, I suppose I'm getting a real sense of, of a beginning in some ways that this is just really the beginning. Oh, it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. Uh, it's just the beginning. I, my biggest challenge possibly, Stephen, of my entire personal and professional career is about to happen. My husband will be shortly leaving his uh, very long-standing um, role as a partner in a professional services firm, and he's coming on the program. So, Stephen, that will be fascinating. <laughs> 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 Lucy to work with him very closely, uh, just to suggest that he thinks he'll be nailing it in a day's training. Uh, hmm. Mm, yes <laughs> yeah. that will be an interesting challenge but he will absolutely add richness and diversity of the group he's on and uh and i shall i shall learn to be very patient and, um, I, I suspect there'll be a lot of learning all around in that one <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully you see dealing with that so, yes I'm, I'm brave if nothing else um i'm just conscious of, of our time because it is flying past and there was one thing in particular I wanted to look back to when you mentioned you were a member of the ICF and then switched to the Association of Coaching. Um, having been a member of both, um, what's, your, what's your thoughts or reflections on both organisations? Well, they share a lot in common. Is, is my honest answer. So I, I wouldn't have, um, in terms of they are both uh, very good at having um, access to resources and great events. They, and to be fair, along with the EMCC, they do a lot of joint delivery anyway. So, so, the, so the speakers in the coaching world, they tend to go for all the coaching, uh, sorry, professional bodies anyway. So, so that it tends to be the same sort of people speaking throughout them all. So I think in terms of that, it's very good. I find the um, Association for Coaching um, more accessible to people because I think it's more correctly priced. So, for example, I think they have a, one thing I would say, I think they have a broader view of what CPD looks like. 
So it isn't just about ticking and counting up your CCEUs, it's about evidencing that the learning you have is very rich and varied. And that, as you can see, is our theme in our programme. We want people to really learn in very many different ways rather than having to sort of log to say you've got so many hours of, and it's been evidenced by the ICF, for example, as up to their standard. Because I, I don't know that I don't know that we should judge ourselves in that way. So I think they are have a broader and open mind um, in, in the sense of that. However, I, I wouldn't put people off the ICF at all. I, I don't have a negative thing to say about the ICF. I think just for us and our fit, it felt that the association coaching was was much more um, accessible, uh, affordable, uh, much quicker because it. it they're quick to respond and they're much more amenable to change, I, I feel, I feel. So I think that's probably for me the experiences I have. We've been lucky because we've been exceptionally supported by them and have some wonderful people in there who, who work very quickly with us and understand what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. Okay. And there's a, uh, um, actually, yes. And then the, <laughs> the if, if we could have a bit of fun, maybe just in terms of, of your metaphor, it seems to be quite nautical in terms of the waves and the setting sail and everything else. I'm wondering where are you? Where are you at the minute in your metaphor? In your own metaphor? Oh, it's fascinating. What a question! Now, can we just have a little private session on that? That'd be wonderful. <laughs> um, goodness me! So I think um, I'm very aware another wave is looming. So I live in Manchester. And we had a, a little wave when we were, had another. Um, temporary lockdown again so i don't know if you saw the headlines but again we had a so so that's quite shocking you think oh my goodness it didn't affect me particularly actually because i've already made all the changes i needed to make but um so i'm very aware of lots of little waves and i'm very aware big waves come probably in october and, and uh, november worry me i think once furlough ends and once the economic recession really hits or we you know really feel it i I'm anxious about that. I'm spending a lot of time, I think, in answer to your question, it, probably in the sort of, well, actually all of them, the A, V and the E. So I'm definitely sort of um, working and keeping working at making sure that I'm assembling all the resources I need. So I'm using some of the quieter client time, particularly as it's summer, to develop myself. So I've been on more webinars and I've been reading more than I ever have. So I'm really sort of equipping myself well. My voyage with determination, I'm actually taking better care of my health so I'm really working on um, making sure that I'm using the time I have to get very strong physically and uh, mentally. I'm all, I've, I've worked at that for a long time, but, but just really saying, hey, now's the time to, you know, shed the lockdown lard, love. You know, <laughs> I popped on that £10 average. That needs to come off. So and really sort of equip ourselves. We've changed our holidays and become very active. I'm not probably ready for them yet. But anyway, and also probably the E, that sort of experience. Really, what is this teaching me about myself? What have I learned about myself in a very different situation to any of us probably have been in before? So A, V and E, A, V, E, I think, aware that probably the W uh, will keep on lapping at my feet until it gets quite big. I'm also actually quite terrified of the sea, Stephen, so I'm not quite sure what I'm <laughs> Because I hate the sea. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of riptides. I could write a whole article about riptides. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so don't get this view that I'm a, a comfortable mariner because I'm really not. Ah, interesting. And, and uh, I think we've nearly gone full circle now. We're, we're back to that, that fear piece of this from the very start. And uh, on the plus side, you have toilet rolls. I, not, not so much now. In fact, I've become a, <laughs> I've become a bit lax on that side. I'm going to go out and get some. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Sonia, j- just as we as we wrap things up, um, have you any parting parting thoughts or or pieces that we need to close with? No, simply my wish that everyone reaches out, those who um, feel that they are lacking in any of those areas in terms of community or or not having the resources they need or anything. Certainly, a very simple way, and a big offer is, is grab our Waves model, you know, find it on our website, ridethewave.co.uk. Grab it, get the questions, sit there and work through them, but also really use it to use whatever stage you are at to um, know you're not alone. It, it's, I'm, we haven't even touched on mental well-being. It's, it's an important place to part, but you know, you're not alone. Please reach out and ask and speak. There are many people who are in are very similar boats to you and will support and boats there we go and will and will help you so i think that's 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 what i care most about if i, I don't want any legacy other than thinking that maybe one or two or three other people had a better life as a result of some of this stuff no, that's fantastic advice and i'd just like to say a big thank you for your your time and your engagement today it's been uh, fantastic to to chat with you and learn more about ride the wave and uh, your own journey so thank you very much for sharing Stephen, the pleasure's been all mine. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Sonia for taking the time to share her journey with us today. Listening back, I really do love how the nautical metaphor flowed throughout our conversation and the passion that she brings to the mission that she and her co-founder Lucy are on. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please don't hesitate to get in touch and share your thoughts by dropping me an email to stephen at stephenclements.ie or going to my website at stephenclements.ie forward slash podcast to find full details and show notes. And don't forget, that's Stephen with a PH. Thanks for listening and until next time, stay curious.